Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. Next Thursday, not this Thursday, but week after next Thursday, we will celebrate the great feast of our Lord's Ascension. And in the Mass, right after the Gospel reading, this Paschal candle will be extinguished to indicate to us his leaving as he returns to the Father who had sent him, leaving his disciples on the earth to face the hostility of the world, that same world which hated him, and crucified him. Our Lord endured his cross. He finished his fight. He endured his cross. He was glorified, made immortal. He went home to majesty. And we remain in this polluted world, the same world that killed him, the same world that wants to kill us. Now, this could be taken as a negative, but Jesus actually says, it's for our good. It's better that it's this way. It's to our advantage that he's gone away so that he might send another comforter. You realize that the Holy Spirit's not the only comforter. Jesus is the first paraclete. The Holy Spirit is another comforter. And Christ sends this other comforter to us that he might not only be with us as Jesus was, but in us. That he will become the very instrument, the very power of God in our lives that will enable us to follow Jesus through the cross into resurrection, immortality, and eternal glory and union with God. That's why the Spirit... So that's good news. Without the coming of the Spirit, this would not be possible. Along with the good news of this Comforter's coming is also a message. (laughs) There's There's a caveat. There's fine print in the good news, down at the bottom of the page. There's also the message, brace yourselves. Brace yourselves for a fight. But, in the midst of the fight, do not become discouraged, do not be dismayed, because I have overcome the world, and I am giving you the power to overcome the world. And this is what you must do if you are going to become like me. He says, as he stands there in bright, shining, glorious light like the sun. If you are to become like me, immortal and glorious, you must follow this path, but I have given you and am giving you the power of the Spirit to do it. But be aware, be alert, be mindful, because there's going to be a very, very strong pull, a temptation, a pull to forget, to forget. To forget, first of all, the very real dangers of becoming entangled again in the very same world that's ruled by the demons. That's the very same world that killed our Savior. If that happens, this entanglement happens, you will forget what I have accomplished. Or maybe not forget the data, but you'll forget what I have accomplished. You'll forget what you're actually here working towards. You'll forget where I am. And you'll forget that you are to be with me. You will forget that I've sent another to be with you, to be in you. 
And this other one, the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth, he can easily be missed because we cannot see him. He's subtle. He moves with the wind. And he can be grieved. And when he is grieved, his presence is even less perceptible to us. Jesus has given us commandments which we are to follow. We are to follow them very carefully. He was faithful in little. We are to be very circumspect in our attention to the details of the commandments that he has given. No rationalizations, no defensiveness. We are to just listen to his mother. Everyone should listen to their mother. Everyone should listen to the mother of God. Do whatever he tells you. It's really that simple. The possibility of your success in reaching the other side in joy hinges on one thing, and that is the quality of your relationship with the Holy Spirit. You reaching the other side in great joy depends upon the quality of your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, as I've told you many times, I suppose you can limp into the kingdom of God, all battered and bruised, make it in by the skin of your teeth. I suppose that's possible. But who here, let's have a show of hands, who's, where, whose bar is set there? I want to limp in and make it in by the skin of my teeth. No, hey, I'm kidding. Don't raise your hand. Why not fly in on the clouds of heaven? Right? In great power and joy. But if that's what we want, if that's what we desire, we need to become very intimate with the Holy Spirit. If we feel far from Jesus, it's because we're not walking in the Spirit. The Spirit, as Paul refers to the Holy Spirit, is the Spirit of Jesus because he makes Jesus known within us and to us. Our intimacy with God is in and through the Spirit. Now we're coming up to the great feast of Pentecost. We're in the the, the season of, of Easter and Pentecost. And the 50 days of Pentecost precede the feast of Pentecost. We're in Pentecost. We're in Jesus' Pentecost, and we're about to get a taste of it ourselves. Pentecost begins at Christ's resurrection, and it culminates in 50 days when the Spirit is poured out. And the Spirit comes to us, and he, He manifests the presence of the otherwise absent, bodily absent Jesus. And that's why on Pentecost, the candle, which will be snuffed out next Thursday, will be relit. Because the Spirit is poured out, and in a unique way, the Spirit brings Christ back to us in a very powerful way. In today's Gospel, Jesus speaks of what the Spirit does when He comes. He says that He will expose, he will expose the sinfulness of the world by the light, I'm paraphrasing, He will expose the sinfulness of the world by the light of His righteousness and set in motion the judgment. Jesus, in his death and resurrection, he destroyed the power of hell and death. But as all of us can bear witness by our own lives and struggles, this victory is still being worked out in a very practical, tangible way. Jesus makes it clear that the judgment on our enemy is being worked out through the ministry of the Holy Spirit who was sent on Pentecost. And this will take place until Jesus returns. So that's the time we live in now. We live in that time when the Spirit was poured out to expose the sinfulness of the world in the light of Christ's righteousness and set in motion the judgment. 
We might ask ourselves, where and how is the Spirit doing this ministry? Where and how is the Spirit accomplishing this ministry? Is the disembodied Spirit just sort of floating around in the atmosphere, exposing and convicting the world? I suppose he spends a lot of time down in the halls of Congress, or who knows where else. Is that how he's convicting the world of sin? He's just kind of out there floating around? No, the Spirit was sent by the Father through the Son to float around in the atmosphere? No, to you. To abide in you and with you. You are the temple of the Spirit of truth who convicts the world of sin. The Spirit comes and he forms Christ, who is righteous, the righteousness of God, in you. He forms you into Christ, even more importantly. He Christifies you, just like the Spirit formed Jesus in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. It is in and through you that the Spirit will judge the world and expose the sinfulness of the world. And reveal the light of Christ's righteousness in this world. There is hostility between the spirit and the world. This is a continuation of the same hostility that existed between Jesus and the world. The world is ruled by the prince of darkness. And it's against Jesus and everyone who follows him. In the time of the spirit in which we live, it's no different than when Jesus was here bodily. He is here bodily in you. You are his body. The world hated him then. The world crucified him. Now the world hates his followers. And the world tries to destroy them. So the spirit is in you. Convicting the world of sin by the righteousness of Jesus. Which results in the judgment of all that opposes God. Now. If you and I brothers and sisters. Or in as much as I, I should say. In as much as we are entangled in this world, we can see that that poses a problem. <laughs> Not for the world, for us. Well, for the world too. Because we're failing in our mission to show forth the righteousness of Christ. Before we can be a vehicle of the Spirit's ministry, we actually have to be the locus of the Spirit's ministry. The Spirit's exposure, judgment, conviction of sin through the light of righteousness, resulting in judgment, begins at home. It begins with us. It begins with the family and household of God. And then, upon our own cleansing, we become instruments of grace and power in this world. Jesus said, the Spirit will convict the world of sin because they believe not on me. <clears throat> because they believe not on me. The root of all sin is refusing to believe in Jesus. He says the world is in sin because they believe not on me. John tells us that even though Jesus had performed so many of his signs before him, they refused to believe in him. They refused to believe in him. All sin stems from unbelief. It's a failure to love and trust God. It's a turning away from the revelation that you are indiscriminately loved by God. And there are, believe it or not, many people who turn away from this. Tragically. 
Not for any intrinsic value in yourself. Remember, you came from nothing, then you were mud. Think God breathed His divine life into you. That's why you're valuable. Because God made you. Because God values you. You can't look at yourself, even at your own sin, and say, how could God love me? God loves you because He made you lovable. Because you are His delight. In spite of all the contradictory evidence. It is our faith and our trust in Him. Not in our lovableness, but in His lovableness. Because He is love. That's what faith is. We don't go around and say, oh, poor me, look at me. And have pity parties. I'm such a terrible sinner. I'm so ugly and dirty and worthless and meaningless. That's just having our eyes on ourselves. When our eyes are on Christ, maybe we are ugly and dirty and nasty. A lot of us are, a lot of the times. But that takes nothing away from God's love for us. You are His delight. And our faith is in Him and His love for us. In this same discourse that we have read from this morning in John chapter 15, he says, if I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not sinned. But now they have no cloak for their sin. He that hateth me hateth my father also. And then he says, they hated me without a cause. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send to you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me, and ye also shall bear witness. Saving faith and love for God. Knowing that we are loved by God. This is all basically the same thing. And unbelief. Unbelief and the failure to accept this love of God. Based and rooted in His goodness. His righteousness. Not our goodness. In His intrinsic beauty and goodness. Not our intrinsic beauty and goodness. Because we have none. We have nothing that has not been given to us. There is no force, there is no conspiracy, not from the devil, not from God, not from yourself, nothing in heaven and earth, nothing in existence what can prevent you from loving and believing in God's love. There is nothing. There is no excuse. They hated me without a cause, he says. They refused to believe in him. We are not victims on this point. We all have the capacity as a gift of God to believe in his love for us. Jesus said in John chapter 3. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not on the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abideth on him. All of us today brothers and sisters. In this great season of Pentecost and Easter. We reflect on how we've received this life-giving and beautiful, peaceable Spirit of God, the power of God poured out into us and forming us into Christ. This is nothing but pure joy for those who have rejected sin and the world. But inasmuch as we are still entangled in the world, there is judgment. Now, not unto destruction, but unto salvation. But still, it kind of hurts. Better not to be entangled. I mean, Don could untangle fishing line. I'm not very good at it. He could untangle a knot. I'm sure God is capable of untangling any knot, no matter how tangled it gets. But still, there's, there's pain involved. It's not advisable. Free yourselves from the world. 
love this life-giving Spirit of God who is given to us. Do not grieve the Spirit through unbelief and disobedience, but listen, be attentive to His voice, and obey Him in all things. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.